The Medical Devices Group presents me, Joe Hage, along with regulatory and quality expert, Michelle Lott. Back in early 2018, published a draft guidance document for 510K submissions and ultrasounds. Okay. Um, also in late 2018, one of my clients had a pre-submission with the FDA where the FDA was very particular about, you know, referencing not the draft, but the final, the, the, at that time, the existing fine, older final guidance document. They didn't even mention to my client, and now mind you, I wasn't part of this pre-submission. So they didn't even mention to my client, oh, by the way, there's a draft out there. You may want to just be aware of they said, no, you know, here's the final guidance document. It was the older one. They said, and then, then they went on to give them very specific advice out of that guidance document about their indications for use statement. So what they wrote in their pre-sub, the FDA gave them very specific feedback. It didn't have this type of information or that type of information. The FDA really wanted to see it. And per the guidance document for ultrasounds, it should contain all of these things. I was looking up something different uh, in the guidance document. I was trying to Google a particular um, form or table it referenced and get a little clarification on, on how to best use it. And I noticed that that day, the previous draft guidance document went final. And they had changed. So all that very specific feedback that FDA had given on the indications for use statement that they wanted to see all this other detail had been removed. And they specifically said that they no longer needed that detail in the final guidance document. Okay. So the indications for use statement, which we had just finalized and we're about to populate in the 510K. Do you have any idea how many times the indications for use statement shows up in a 510K? From the way you asked the question, I'll assume very many. Yes, it's probably at least a half dozen. Okay. At least. So, so had we pushed that indication for use statement into all the places it shows up in a 510K, we might have had to rework it all to, uh, to, to, to meet the new final guidance document, even though the final guidance document is opposite of the specific feedback, the opposite of what the FDA had told them to do in the pre-submission in September. Okay, so now what? So now we emailed the FDA, who's on holiday, by the way. And so now we're waiting and, and, and we emailed them that said, okay, we got this specific feedback to you from you. We are executing it to the letter based on the now obsolete guidance document we are a month away from our submission. Is it, is it okay for us to continue working underneath the specific feedback you gave us in September? 
or do we have to change horses in midstream now and go with this new final guidance document? This is a direct impact to uh, uh, all those guidance documents. You know, every year for the past two years, you and I have done a post about how many FDA guidance documents are coming out and how they impact industry. This is a very specific example of a draft guidance document impacting a project that's in midstream. What, as a reader, would I do with this information besides be aware that there's a new guidance document? Well, it's still a guidance document, but it was recommended by the FDA in a pre-submission so the pre-submission, the FDA told the company specifically, not only follow this guidance, but for your indication for use statement, make it look like this per the guidance document. Okay, so design your IFU to look like this piece of paper. And they just said, you know what, we want a different piece of paper now. We want it to say different things. I would suspect... FDA would say, sorry, yeah, we changed our mind. Please do it the new way. They could. That's, but, the, but that's the temperamental nature of submissions and guidance documents and whatnot. And typically, I knew the draft was out there. Typically, had the company not done a pre-submission, I, I work towards draft guidance documents, even though they're not final, because they reflect the FDA's current thinking. But because this client had had this meeting with the FDA without me, they did not know that the FDA's recommendations in their pre-sub was opposite of this draft guidance. They Maybe I'm missing the point. I thought you had a pre-submission. In the pre-submission, you got an answer from FDA. They said right. use template A. They so use guidance document. Okay, use guidance. I'm just really simplifying for myself. Use guidance document A. Great, we had a pre-submission, which is what we should do. We got guidance from FDA, great. We're working hand in hand in FDA, that's best practice. I'm ready to go back to FDA now to submit for real. And they say, yeah, so we changed the guidance to guidance B. That kind of thing, this is not the first time this has happened in the life of the industry. What is the implication? And so this is the second time in my career that this has happened. The first time um, was a supposed draft guidance document that the FDA said, yeah, it's draft, but effective immediately. We expect every submission going in to um, have the, the testing and labeling and risk mitigations that are specified in this guidance document. And I was, and we were halfway through the development project uh, for a major medical device company that had their own team of regulatory people. And their whole team came back, regulatory engineering and everything and said, Michelle, you just tell the FDA that that's a draft guidance document and we don't intend to follow it, and here's why. You made me smile. You can't go back to FDA and just say, nuh-uh. 
So there has to be a whole strategy that you have when there are draft guidance documents. So this says that the point you make is you have the privilege of pushing back and saying that's not fair or that doesn't make sense. So in the, the case where the, the client just said, uh-uh, we're not going to do that, you tell FDA it's a draft guidance right, document. Right, that's silly. That, uh, that's, uh, it just sounds like, okay, yeah. good luck with so that strategy. FDA put their, their submission on hold, and it took them 10 months. Yep, I just watched the thing. The solution that the FDA would accept. At the risk of frustrating you further, I'm still at an impasse. This is the information that I have. FDA drafts something. In this case, not only did FDA draft something, but you sat with them and they said, this is the specific draft I'd like you to consider. No, not they true. did not mention the draft at all. They only mentioned the dated final guidance document, which is all they can really require you to do is okay. the final guidance. The draft was out there and they didn't even make the company aware that we have a draft guidance document. Let me stop you. The final guidance was called um, Joe's store, but they had a draft for Joe's stores. They said, Joe's store is out there, go and use Joe's store. We go ahead and did Joe's store. We, they, or we, or you, some part of the story were unaware that Joe's stores was being drafted so that when Joe's stores was final, they moved the goalposts from store to stores. And it would have been nice if I knew that they were thinking about stores. Is that what you just said? Yes, to, to a point, because I knew that they were thinking about stores. The client yeah. did not, and I yes. was not involved in the pre-submission meeting with the FDA. I see. And, and because the FDA was very specific about using store, mm -hmm. singular, mm -hmm. they, and not only did they not mention that, hey, we have stores out there, their guidance to the company was very, very specific of the content that was in store okay for for a particular line item of things that fda was concerned about uh, you were not involved in the pre-submission so i'm going to assume that this company hired you after they had a pre-submission correct okay and when they hired you after the pre-submission you said well tell me about the pre-submission and they said they told us all about store now, they gave me it, the FDA response. So the FDA gave them a three-page written response. That said, go it, use store. Yes. And not only so, go use store, but use, I want your indications for use statement to look exactly like store. Like store. Right. Now, was it what, in the most delicate way I can challenge, was it a... Uh, a missed opportunity on Michelle's part when you got that, that you said, they're talking about store. Is anybody, did they talk to you about stores at all? Should we ask them about stores? Did you do that? I did not do that because this project is on a very expedited timeline mm -hmm. and the FDA was very, very specific 
And that guidance document had already been in draft for a year. And it's not uncommon for guidance documents to be in draft for years. So I had no reason to expect, especially with very specific feedback from the FDA, because stores was out there. The FDA knew stores was out there. Mm -hmm. They knew stores contained the opposite advice that they gave the client in the pre-submission. Mm -hmm. So if the FDA knows that stores is out there and it contains different recommendations than what they tell my client, in the interest of time, I go word for word by what the FDA told them to do. Because one thing you have to do in a submission is if you have had prior conversations with the FDA, you have to include them and you have to include a discussion or a reference to where you incorporated those recommendations or where you chose not to and why. I'm wondering if the lesson learned is frustrating, but no matter what, when your regulatory team, whether outsourced or internal, is working with an FDA final, double check that there's not a draft out there somewhere. No, I knew that there was a draft out there. It's like you need to take the extra time, even if you don't think you have time because you've committed, committed stuff to investors to go back to the FDA and say, you knew stores was out there when you gave this recommendation. Did you really mean store or stores? But the FDA is never going to tell you there's a draft out there because they can't, they can't require you to follow a draft unless they said this was effective immediately. Okay. I'm hoping that that there is a black and white here. Can we declare that, you know, Michelle rule number one is always, always, always ask FDA if there is a draft? No, you don't have to ask. Drafts are in the, the guidance document database. You don't okay, have to so ask always, FDA always, if always there's check a draft. if there's a draft. Always check if there's a draft. And then despite getting very specific feedback from the FDA about following the final, push them on their thinking about the draft and how it's going to impact and change the very specific feedback that they gave you to do. Should they so, make the draft a new final? They are. So, and that's the other thing. Not all drafts end up making it to a final. And not all drafts end up making it to a final in the content that was published in the draft because the public comment period can change, uh, the FDA can change the content of the draft based on the public comments. I'm wondering so if, if, if in this case, if, if we keep with the store stores analogy, you were working on store when they, when stores draft became stores final. And that's a problem now that stores final is final. Right. Are we only concerned had, had here? Had it not gone final until could have after been done I with store. That there would be nothing that the FDA could say about why didn't you follow store versus stores. Okay. If the submission and had already been And you also told in. me that the window of 
how long is the draft a final period could be days to years and decades. Yep. So what can I, given these very disparate things, look, one day it was store, then it became stores, and I have no idea how long this timeline is. I know you told me do store. I knew there was something out here. I'm gonna do store because that's what you told me. Now you change the rules. So I think what I'm the best I can divine from this conflict is at the time they told us store, say, hey, we're aware of stores. If I do store and you switch to stores, are you going to be okay with me doing store or do you want me to do store asterisk, which has some stores elements to it? Right. If they had done that, you would have avoided this problem. Exactly. And, and, uh, and this, this is why you also need to get a professional involved with all your conversations with the FDA because you don't, on, they speak a different language. It sounds like English. Clearly, as I'm talking store and stores, so is it really like if you don't know the nuances here, you're going to be as simple as Joe Hage saying store and stores? Is that what you're talking about? Because the the subtleties in the difference between the final and the draft, which are potentially hundreds of pages long, are so precise so that it, you could easily miss this. Yes. It, you will have no idea what the impact is. Why would you challenge them on? Right. Yeah. How would you so even now, know that, that? How would you even know? the the impact of what they said versus what they told you they were thinking were that radically different and with